Welcome to the Venue Solutions Podcast, where we talk about everything data center, information technology, cybersecurity, and more. I'm William, Venue's data center sales engineer and one of your hosts. Hi, I'm Eric Malatesta, Venue Data Center Infrastructure Manager and also one of your hosts. And I'm Michael Faisley, Venue's Network Infrastructure Manager and Cybersecurity Specialist. And I'm also one of your hosts. This is Venue Podcast number 74 for August 10th, 2021. In this podcast, Eric, Michael, and myself discuss the past, present, and future of cloud. All this and more on this Venue Podcast. And welcome to the Venue Podcast. Hey guys, how's it going today? Pretty good. Hey, how you doing today? Hey Will, good. I'm doing well. Today is August 10th, 2021, and uh, you're here with the podcast crew. Uh, today it's just myself, uh, Eric, and Michael. So we um, just wanted to kind of get a podcast in. It's been about, what, a month, guys, since we've done one? So we kind of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's probably been a month, yeah. About a bit a month. I think our, we're trying to get a couple of them done every month, but there are times where we get busy or sidetracked, and um, we go back. Summertime, to, man. We're all having vacations. Yeah, summer, well, everyone's on summer vaca- vacation. Yeah, everyone's on yeah. vacation. So, you know, we wanted to get one in. We, we, we definitely at least want to do one, one a month and, um, you know, kind of have that have that in the can and we have a we have a, a list of, of topics and things to pull from but we want to get one out today um but we're still working from home we haven't resumed yeah. you know resumed full full operations in the data center uh so we're still we're all of us working remotely COVID is still a thing uh especially now with the delta variant so we're trying to be you know still be careful with things so yeah, I mean, we have guys that go in, and we still, of course, we have our 24-7 staff that's there on, on site. But, uh, you know, the world we work in is going to be common. This, this subject that we're going to be covering today is a perfect example of how, you know, remote connectivity and, and access is, is a thing of today. And it makes it easy for us to be at home. And, and so uh, with, with the COVID, COVID if environment growing you know it's, it's not a problem for us to continue working remotely oh absolutely yeah and, and i feel i mean i think now we've been working remotely for so long it, it's kind of like a normal uh, I, I think we, we you know productivity levels are back up where they need to be um as we were when we were actually physically meeting i still miss you know seeing people face to face but um you know, we'll 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 keep doing this until it's it's safe to get back where we were. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a little bit more difficult to get that water cooler conversation going. But I think you know, in all in all, I think we're very productive as a, a organization. I think many of our many of our clients as well are very productive, and that's kind of one of the things that we kind of promote and sell anyway as business, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about today's topic. Um, so today's topic, we're going to kind of take a, we're not going to talk about immutable backups or ransomware or anything like that. We're going to talk about kind of what people are, have, have, have already had exposure to, right? So we kind of wanted to talk a little bit, and this might be a fun one, kind of talk about the past, the present, and the future of cloud, Okay. Cloud, yeah. Cloud. What is that darn thing? Yeah. What is cloud? And, and honestly, yeah. this, this, this really, this question has been answered so many, so many times, and we've heard this for for years now, right? Cloud used to be a new term. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it used to be Eric would get mad at me for saying immutable backups or ReFS or XFS. Now, you know, it, back in the day, he would get tired of me saying cloud. Oh, we have to have cloud. You know, so. 
you know, because I mean, when they came up with when we we started using this term in, in like 2011, I don't know oh, what it was no, 10, 10 to 11, I, I 12, earlier, somewhere in that range. Earlier than that. Um, yeah. Well, well, let me say this. So the the term cloud came about before Venue or NTG, which is the predecessor to Venue, had a quote unquote cloud. Sure. Uh, but anyway, so you know, if you if you look at like the definition of cloud, what is cloud? You know, and, and now cloud is actually in the dictionary, right? It's actually a thing, right? So if you look at the word cloud in the dictionary, Merriam-Webster defines it as the practice of storing regularly used computer data on multiple servers that can be accessed through the internet, right? Awesome. Yeah, so, yeah that's, that's a good definition. Short, short and to the point. Yep, okay, podcast over. It was nice talking to you guys. Uh, we had a, great, had a great one. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. But, you know, it kind of like... Let's talk about the history of cloud. You know, let's talk about, spend a little bit talking about the past, right? Where did cloud come from? And when was the first cloud really invented, right? And it really wasn't in the mid 2000s. It wasn't in the, you know, 2010s or whatever. I can't believe it's already 2021. But cloud was really, I think, kind of the, 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 the bedrock was really back in the 60s, right? When we had, 60s and 70s, when we had, um, network computers, right? Um, we look back like to the old Xerox Alto network computers, right? Uh, they may not have been all connected to the internet, right? Um, or what was called the ARPANET years ago, kind of before the internet became commonly known sure. as the internet, right? But it was basically yeah. a way to share data and people would go in, they would actually go to the office to use the cloud, right? To use the network, and, and that's really where it started, right, with, with network computers and modern microcomputer networking. Sure. As soon as, soon, as, soon as uh, you're able to have multiple users logging into the same system with different IDs, basically, you are now enabling the ability to have segmented and, and virtualized environments. So IBM had... You know, VM. They called it VM back in yep. the day, right? Yep. So, so, and and we and Will, Will and I worked at LSU way back in the early '90s, right? And we logged into a VM environment, and we could do our own thing. We could run our own programs there. We could run our own scripts there. We could run our own testing there. It was all segmented just to us. And that's kind of like, you know, that's that was kind of like a really cool thing. You know, what's and funny, that is kind of what we're talking about with cloud. You know, it's funny when we talked about that uh, and you talk about LSU and the VM VM stood for, I think it stood for virtual machine, but it wasn't like a virtual machine. We're talking about mainframe. Yeah. Um, TN3270 talking to an IBM 365, I think, or 385 nice. uh, mainframe. Right. Which by the way, and this is kind of a side thing, Eric, um, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I had a nice chat with uh, um, John Quibido a few days ago. Uh, he's actually celebrated like his, I don't know, twentieth year at LSU. So it's kind of funny. Or, uh, or, or, or longer. Like thirtieth. Or thirtieth. I mean, yeah. Um, anyway. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So so we so you know that was that wasn't called cloud, but I mean right. that was kind of what you needed that kind of multi-user interface to which you created these virtual environments that you could start building from there to build what we know as cloud eventually, right. as you were saying in this definition, uh, the, the multiple servers that can be accessed through the internet, right? Well, 
there was no yeah. truly an internet. There was ARPANET and there was local networks and stuff of that mm-hmm. nature, but there was the virtualization of the operating system. That had to happen first. Right. And really, you know, when, when we talk about cloud, it, it, even back when, when, right when cloud, right before cloud became the cloud, um, it, 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 and you kind of mentioned this a second ago, it really started with virtualization. I mean, in talking about my experience with working with the data center, uh, in the in the early maybe mid two thousands, uh, we started looking at um, virtualization, right? Which was taking one physical computer and um, building virtual servers on those, right? And that's how for a long time we actually served our customers by you know we would buy two or three or four or five really nice big servers and we would run virtualization technology on them and say hey Mr. customer you want a VM guess what it doesn't take 2 weeks or 3 weeks or a month to order a hardware you know configured as you want now we can provide you a VM in a few minutes right sure yeah, so sure. so really cloud i would say the beginning of where cloud started as we talk about modern day cloud today really started when you couple networking multi-user interface, and also the idea of a self-service portal. And I would say right before self-service portal, let's just say it was the ability to take advantage of virtualization where when you needed a server for something, you didn't have to wait to procure hardware. You could just have it provisioned virtually. And I would say the beginning of cloud started right around that time where you might not have had self-service portals like you do today with Amazon AWS or Azure or Google Cloud Platform or even our cloud, vCloud Director. But you had the ability for administrators to build these VMs within minutes versus days and hours or weeks. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you remember, you know, we were doing virtualization with multiple different platforms at different times in our, our careers here, including we had a very large Citrix platform which we could virtualize mm-hmm desktop workloads right and so exactly. uh so you so end users they didn't have to buy a big computer on their end they could just buy a little small computer connect it to the internet connect to the citrix platform and then they had access to all their applications right and there was multiple things you could do with that by the way you could do simple things like hey we can keep you upgraded we can give you the newest versions of of word or at, that, at the time it was word perfect actually right <laughs> so you know so we're perfect or excel or whatever it is and we can keep all those things updated in one place for you and all your users can have access to that and that was kind of a, a great little virtualization platform and and then I know Will was very instrumental in building a virtualization platform based off of VMware here at Venue back in like 2005. And and we segmented out some, we had some uh, uh, VMware for our own environment and, and we had a client that was running out of resources and, and Will said, well, look, we got resources available on our platform. How about we just trunk their networks here, right? And so the next thing you know, yeah. we have a client running on our platform that is not even able to touch any of our own gear because they're, they're, their own networks, they're segmented out into their own virtualized piece of the of the VMware platform and you were just growing that platform organically. And and we never called it cloud, we just called it virtualization. I think right? we call it like hosted virtualization when we were doing something it. Like, it's something we, we, we had a great name. Yeah, that was, so that, when, was that was back in the... When um, was the... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Sorry, Will. No, go ahead. When was the first time that you guys actually heard that that term used cloud 
you know, like I was saying right. earlier, I think we heard it used probably 2010, 2011, somewhere in that range. Uh, VMware started using the, the term cloud. Um, v, v Cloud Director came out uh, as their term in like 2011. Um so the term was obviously around before 2011, but that's kind of when we started hearing a lot. And then everybody started asking about cloud and, and you know, as Will was saying earlier, it got to the point where I was tired of hearing the word cloud. And almost every <laughs> IT personnel that was an IT guy at the time, other than the IT guys like Will that liked that kind of wait, stuff, wait, 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 wait. hated when we said the word cloud. And I hated it. I wait, 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 it, right? wait, wait. I, I don't like hearing cloud today anyway. So just... So, don't be picking so, on me so now, we, Eric. <laughs> within six months, we hated that term cloud because we you know, were like, this is a term that means nothing. We've been doing virtualization for a long time and we've had the same capabilities for years and yeah. have been selling it. I mean, we built our first, or we, William and I were not involved with it, but predecessors to us here at Venue had built a Citrix platform in 97. Yeah. 1997, right? So, so that platform of virtualization and 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 taking people off of their own platform and moving it into someone else's data center, running on someone else's hardware, was already practiced with our company in '97. Yeah, you know. And then with some of the work that William did as well, virtualizing our own platforms into VMware, and then saying, well, I have extra resources. I'm not using all these things. Why don't we sell some of it, right? Because this client needs some extra resources. It, it, it just kind of organically grew. And by the time I came in in 2006, we already had this platform. By the time 2008 or 9 came along, we were already hosting 10 or 15 clients in our, our platform mm-hmm. and then starting to say, hey, why don't we build a segmented off cloud separate from our own hardware? We can run our own virtualization platform for us, and we can run a platform that's a cloud platform for where cloud was never used by us. We we just called it virtualization. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that you know we, we've had a long history with with virtualization and kind of help building our our own cloud here at Venue. Um, but again, it doesn't extend to just infrastructure as a service, which is what we do We do here, right? We do infrastructure as a service, which builds our cloud. But also, really, it's become now networking as a service, right? So it's not just, hey, I can roll out a VM or a computer. It's also, now we can provision networks extremely fast, right? So Yeah, sure, sure. So back I mean, in the yeah. cloud. Go ahead. Yeah, go on. No. So like cloud and it's it's present form you know we, we talked about the past but but in its presence uh, present form it's it, everything as a service right i mean you it, it's it's not um it's it's so much more than than what it used to be um infrastructure as a service platform as a service desktop as a service i mean you're um it just continues to expand more and more and more well, you think about it, Michael, it, it, people have been using cloud and, and have were using the, that applications on the Internet for a lot longer than anyone called it pla- cloud. You know, th- the biggest one in the, that was growing Salesforce, right? Salesforce is a gigantic platform for just sales people across the world to have a common interface. You know, if they go from business to business, they're kind of common. They kind of understand that this interface the companies that are using it aren't buying Salesforce and installing on a server in their building. They're just logging into a platform somewhere in the world yeah. and getting access to all the resources, right? So, so Salesforce is a great example of a platform as a service cloud environment that people use constantly. And then think about simple things as well. 
uh, well, how long have people been using um, email on the internet? You got mail, boom, ping, right? Yep. What, what was that? Uh, AM, uh, AOL. Uh, AOL. AOL, right? Yeah. So AOL made it popular to use something outside of your build, building and outside of your own compute resources. And, and it was super popular in the 90s. Then Google came along and Yahoo came along in the late 90s. And they still exist. Hotmail, uh, Microsoft Mail, as it's called now. Yeah. All those things are, are cloud. That That is cloud, right? It's just yeah. consuming resources, not on your own hardware. So if you look yeah. at and like, via the internet. Yeah, so if you look at like, they have like a diagram online. And I might try and post it in the show notes or on the venue website for the podcast. They actually have a diagram where literally they have a big cloud. And then inside of that big cloud, you have these things called as a service. So there's infrastructure as a service, which is what we would call running virtual machines. There's plat- yeah. platform as a service, right? Which is like things like applications like mail, uh, CRM, you know, customer relations manager uh, applications like Salesforce. And these are like platform as a service. And then there's disaster recovery as a service, which is kind of built into and, and is made useful by cloud platforms, right? So there's a lot of, you know, cl- I would say there's an overarching umbrella of here's what cloud is, right? And the, the premise is everything is as a service or something that's self-provisionable or where you have more control and, and so on. And then underneath there, there's infrastructure, networking, disaster recovery, data protection as a service. Security. Security as a service, absolutely. Yeah. Desktop yeah. as a service, talking about, sure. you know, and, and desktop as a service and platform as a service might have a little gray area. And in, in any of these as a service types, converge in some way, form, or fashion, right? Where one is dependent on another, right? Sure. So back in sure. the, like, so, so kind of looking at it, you know, the, the, we talked about kind of what was the beginning of the cloud or past where it came from. We talked about, you know, moving from, you know, the old Xerox Alto days into modern PC networking and virtualization and from Microsoft and, and VMware. And then we, you know, we saw the advent of, of people like Amazon AWS and Azure, um, Microsoft Azure and Google Cloud Platform coming out that did this on a very large scale commercial cloud, right? Uh, and every known, everyone knows about those behemoth, you know, those very large commercial clouds. Um, for the service providers like like Venue, we we adopted uh, VMware vCloud Director, which is the cloud platform that is based on VMware, right? One of the leaders in virtualization, and that's how we build our cloud. Yeah, and, and, and you know, you, you mentioned uh, Microsoft Azure Stack and Azure and all those things. So uh, in 2008, uh, we actually investigated running uh, some Microsoft software to do the provisioning piece. We talk about provisioning, self-provisioning piece for cloud, right? That's a right. super important part, right? So we were looking at a provisioning piece from Microsoft that would allow people to provision their Active Directory and stuff within our uh, Citrix and hosted exchange platforms. And, um, we didn't pull the trigger on it the first year. It was a little bit pricey and whatnot. And so the following year, uh, we said, Hey, we'll get the funding for this. Let's go do it. And when we went to talk to Microsoft, they had pulled the product. 
Yeah, that and was the reason cool. why they had pulled the product is because they were now fully <laughs> invested in in Azure. Right. Right. Yep. Before that, they weren't they weren't really fully invested in that yet. So, so of course we didn't know any of this. But um, our salespeople at Microsoft said, "Hey, we we can help you find another <laughs> another provisioning tenant." And yeah. we, we ended up getting some other software and we we self provisioning. But that was because they were fully investing into Azure Stack. So, and we were already ahead of them. We already had cloud, right? But yeah. but. But, but we, of course, we can call it cloud. We called it virtualization. And, and uh, but there was, it's kind of a cool little story that the product that they were using to do the provisioning is what eventually became yeah. Azure Stack. So the way I remember it was back in the day, it was Microsoft Azure. And that was mainly people who wanted to run databases or uh, DevOps and platform type stuff in Azure's cloud. And then what we, I think what you were talking about was uh, Microsoft Azure Stack which brought those services and infrastructure as a service, meaning building VMs underneath Hyper-V, underneath Azure Stack, on customer premises. And then the two, those two clouds, an on-prem cloud, would coordinate and talk to um, the service provider cloud. And I think that's when Microsoft said, mm, you know what, we're going to pull that product. Guess what? We're going to introduce the idea of infrastructure service in our Azure Stack. And then, you know, <clears throat> that, 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 there you go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We, we also and, did. And that's, go ahead. That's a really cool thing. I mean, you know, those, those things were growing organically at the time. And, and, uh, you know, we had, I actually had the code at one point, right. Yep. And, and, uh, I had fooled around with it. And the only reason why we didn't, and, and look, I had a stack of books, you know, 24 inches tall, basically, uh, of, of how to install it, how to manage it, how to do all these things, right? And I had gone through the, the testing of it. And yeah. I think this was like 2008, right? Um, so so that's kind of cool. I, I, when I look at what they're doing with it now, it's, it's really cool because I can see some of the stem and some of the roots of what we had seen back in that those days. Yep. And then there's OpenStack. <laughs> <laughs> which we looked at for a while, but we did. I, it, 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 the problem with the, the good and the bad thing about OpenStack was I think it's a very powerful platform and it still is and it's still around. It's just, it was really geared for people who had, you know, if you look at an IT staff or look at a service provider staff, it really depended on having more people who were programmatic type people to, to build interfaces or to kind of do more, um, do do more kind of DevOps to get it tweaked to where you want it. Where VMware, I think, I feel that it was just kind of built good to go right out of the box, right? Not saying that sure. that's sure. I, and, I, and, I may and, be I may be right or wrong, but I'm I think I was right, and you may agree with me, Eric. It was that that statement is right for how when we were looking at it, right? It may be different now. But yeah, I mean, I think I think that 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 platform would require a. a a different set of engineers, right? right. So, um, and that's not a negative thing or a positive thing. It's just a different st- set well, of engineers than what we had. Yeah. So we, we wanted to go a different route with that. Um, and I think it's the same thing you'll see in, in the rest of the world. So when you start talking about cloud and you start talking about, Hey, I want to move to the cloud. And then you're, 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 C-level guys should be saying, and your managers should be saying, well, do we have the staff that can manage that environment, right? Um, Because that is something to take into consideration. Hey, I know how to run ESX, or I know how to run Citrix, or I know how to run uh, a file server, whatever it is, but do I know how to translate that 
information into running it somewhere else? Right. And the answer may be yes. The answer may be no. So it's just things you should be thinking about. So when we saw OpenStack, very nice product, lots of positive things about it, especially in cost, uh, but a lot of negatives in it. We didn't have the staff to support that kind of product, right. and it, it required a lot more um, care and feeding to getting going. Right. Well, that and also the the, the word ecosystem comes into mind, right? Where yeah, if sure. you look at like VMware or even Microsoft Azure, if you look at third-party applications that tied into those platforms, you know, and we can start naming Zerto, Veeam, uh, you know, name name your product that works with virtualization. It's mainly VMware virtualization and Microsoft, right? Now, in saying that, today there are much more applications that, that, that bolt on to things like OpenStack and KVM and so on. But back Acropolis, in the day, whatever. Acropolis, but back in the day, it wasn't. It was mainly the, the two that had the biggest uh, catalog of third-party applications were VMware and, and um, Microsoft. Sure. I mean, I mean, VMware has been shipping since its, you know, uh, GSX days of like 1997 or something like that, 98, something like that. Um, so, so their ecosystem is a lot stronger. Um, and they also have a, 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 training environment and all these things that you can get involved with much like at Microsoft, if you're going to go to the Azure stack and, um, and the Microsoft remote desktop environments. Yeah. So you have all those kind of things built in. So, but yeah, this is a look, this is a perfect example of how there's been virtualization and there will continue to be new virtualization products that grow from all of these cloud environments and that, that and, and hopefully OpenStack stays around and makes VMware better, makes Microsoft better, makes Google better, makes Azure, AWS better. All these things that we consume, you know, they're getting, they have to compete even with these smaller companies because if these people are putting out things that, you know, they're not doing, their clients are going to say, well, how come I can't have what this other OpenStack has? And so right. it makes everybody better by having these things out here. Yep. Competition is is good for, for IT. Sure. So, yeah, so we moved, you know, we moved from where we're at, I guess, now or where we were, you know, five, six years ago or maybe even 10 years ago now to kind of where we're moving towards. And a lot of the things that we're, we're seeing, um, not so many customers, at least down here in the south uh, adopting, but we have more people looking at things like containerization. Right. And. You know, where back in the day, if you wanted to host an application, what did you need? You needed a web server, you needed a database server, you needed a, an app server or whatever. But you had to run the underlying operating system, right? You had to actually support the, you know, installation of Windows or Linux or whatever. And now the world is kind of moving to where you take away the dependency of having to manage the underlying operating system and you start moving into... Um, what's called containers, right? Where, um, you know, you have, you, you, you manage the application instead of managing necessarily each of the underlying servers. Yeah, so containers is just a next level of virtualization, right? So, um, you know, who invented containers can be debated, but the, that's just the next step of virtualization. And I always chuckle because I, I had someone telling me that um, they were going into this world of serverless. They're going to be going to a serverless application. And I, I told them there's no such thing as a serverless application. Yeah. But that's a terminology that people like to use, serverless. I said, but it, somewhere in the world, 
he kept saying there's no server that's running this because he's talking about containers. I said, but somewhere in the world there's a, there's a server running this because yeah. it can't just not. It has to have hardware. It you has gotta to, have, it has to exist. You have to have an operating system that yeah. knows how to run run applications. These kids these days, right? <laughs> you know, those old timers yeah. like I. And you know, maybe one day there will be truly. You know, applications that run on bare metal, like, you know, like actually on hardware. But at this time, you know, you still have to have. Now, what I will say is with with containers and things like Kubernetes, it makes it a heck of a lot um, easier to to manage. Right. And some of the resiliency, um, you know, I'm not downplaying these things. In fact, I, I actually would say the future of cloud is going to be built more on containers moving forward. Right. Where the actual sure. the actual underlying server well, as as the hardware was commodity back in the day, right? So you'd get hardware, and it didn't matter what you had. You had hardware, you put VMware on it, and you could run VMs. Now I would say the actual server operating system is going to be the commodity, right? Yes. And you just need to have. I need to have this many, you know, this many, uh, you know, performance of RAM, this much performance of of storage, and I'm more concerned with the application than I am the underlying service. Right. right. So and, think- and, and the people that understand that underlying hardware and the server level are going to become a smaller, smaller need for that. Right. So, right. which is good. Right. So you'll have, you'll have less need to, for an overhead of someone that understands how a bit gets written to a drive or written into RAM, or all those things. Right. Yeah. Because that's being abstracted more and more and more. So, the, the the knowledge base and the having to have a human being in your own organization that understands that is has been minimized. Yep. And this goes for networking too, right, Faisley? So, I mean, you know, with things like, you know, VLANing right back in the day, and then there's VXLAN, and then whatever progression that happens in the network front, um, you know, maybe you don't have a physical firewall anymore. Maybe you just have, you know, virtual gateways oh. or, or, or abstraction of that the, the, those uh, networking components. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're already there. Um, you know, vendors are coming out with their, their own, um, um, this term sassy S A S E. Um, and yeah, the, the idea there is to, to not have, um, you know, a physical firewall at a site. So if you have a, a workforce that's, you know, geographically spread out, you know, across the country, and maybe you don't have a home office uh, or, or, or a cent- centralized office that everybody reports to. Uh, and you also don't want to get, you know, a small little desktop firewall for everybody to have it um, their house, then you, you know, in, invest in a technology like this, where basically the users would all run a client and all of their traffic is tunneled back to, you know, a, um, a centralized firewall that's, you know, it's, it's cloud-based, right? I'm, I'm, I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I mean that, that part's already here and, and it's, it's only going to continue to evolve as time goes on. Yeah. Right. And there's, and there's tons of benefits to that, right? I mean, so now, now your IT help desk, they don't have to have all of this, you know, deployment software and management software and all these things, they can just connect to a central, you know, quote, as Michael was saying, air quotes, uh, cloud where they can see, you know, their patch levels of their OSs. They can see the the security. They can see the packets that are being shipped. You know, they can, they can containerize all of this environment and say, okay, 
when Eric is sitting at his desk and he wants to go to YouTube and play a, a song, we are either going to allow it or not allow it. And, and, and there's nothing that we have to actually do at Eric's desktop anymore, right? Yeah. It's, it's done through this virtualized platform as a service that's running in quote cloud. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, it's funny, like, you know, t- talking about cloud and, and security cloud is, uh, progressed by by leaps and bounds over the you know past few years, um, security's taken a, a little bit of time to catch up with that. But securing cloud is, has become a really big thing the past couple of years. Um, you know, like I mentioned, there's there's SASE, which I, I didn't mention earlier, but it's uh, secure access uh, service edge, and then. Now organizations are coming out with CASB, which is, stands for Cloud Access Security Broker, to be able to give them uh, organizations insight into, um, you know, what they may be using in cloud. Right. So uh, the the security side is is catching up, um, you know, to be able to protect users within cloud, um, and it's 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 pretty exciting that the kinds of um, things that that can be done with it, because with Sassy, it's you get everything that you get out of, you know, a normal, um, you know, next gen firewall with all the all the bells and whistles licensing. It's just it's just cloud based. Yeah, and I mean, and and, and that's it's obviously there's so many positives to that, but there are a few negatives, right? So a a single network incident. You know, someone cuts a piece of fiber. Um, yep. I mean, which is the most basic piece, right? You know, and then all of a sudden, I had no no longer have access to manage this environment, or or I'm not getting the reporting from my clientele, or 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 my clients are bypassing something because of it, right? So, or even worse, they're not necessarily bypassing, but they're even locked down even tighter because there's no way for them to communicate with the platform piece. So, so there's some negatives to that. And, and, and as cloud continues to evolve, to evolve, it'll be interesting to see how all these cloud vendors and how all these platform vendors really is what they are, um, handle that and, and, and work with that. Right. So, so connectivity still is at the base, a big deal for cloud. Right. And so, right. Very you know, much so. So we, we, we talk a lot about cloud and, and we talk a lot about these big cloud guys. We talk about Amazon's and we'll name them. You know, we have no problem. Amazon's, Azure's, Google's, all these guys out there that are big clouds. There's a downside to some of that, which is they get you farther and farther away from your desk. Yes. Correct. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's really that's really the thing that when you talk to customers, even even here, it's like, you know, have you thought about moving to Amazon AWS or have you thought about you know, Azure or whatever? Some have, and, and, and they have it to where it, it fits a niche for them. But a lot of times, you know, when you start talking about file servers and things like this or Active Directory, which Active Directory works great in Azure, but I'm just saying users, small to medium users, really haven't jumped on the Azure bandwagon. When, whether that's cost or not, that's questionable. But a lot of times it's just connectivity to the cloud, right? It's connectivity. When I yeah. go hit control, alt, delete, I want to be able to log in quickly and not take long to authenticate, you know, thousands of miles away in a cloud to, to, to let me log into my desktop. And what we're seeing is, and this is kind of segueing into kind of the next topic when we start talking about kind of the next step in cloud 
is really looking at what's called the edge cloud, right? Or edge data center, right? Which, which I think Venue is really trying hard to, to offer this to our customers is really bringing those public clouds, you know, the Amazons, the, the Microsofts, the Googles closer to the desktop, right? So in the, what, we're, what we're doing is, is we're taking customers who, are, who have high-speed networking to our data center, right, in our, in our local geogra- geography, giving them gigabit network to our data center. And then we have at the hub, the data center hub, have massive connections to a- Azure, uh, AWS, Google. Yeah. That when they, when they want to take advantage of larger clouds, that maybe there's a particular application that we don't host or we don't, you know, um, provide to customers, they can still get a on-network speed experience right at the desktop utilizing those clouds that are thousands of miles away because we support the large pipes to get those customers to the data. Sure. Okay, so, so, I, so uh, sorry, go ahead, Michael. I, I was going to say essentially what we're doing is we're shortcutting the internet. Um, you know, as, as some listeners may, if they're, they're, you know, more network savvy, understand or, or may not understand, um, you know, the, the internet is, it's, it's not linear, right? You, if, if you're based in, uh, you know, Birmingham, Alabama, or, you know, somewhere in, in Oklahoma or something like that, and, and you're trying to reach, you know, a, a location in, in New York city, you're not necessarily going to take a linear path to get there. Right. Um, yeah, you do not follow depend- the airline's flight pattern. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. It, it, a lot of it depends upon who your providers are, are, are peered with and, and who they're peered with and so on. So if you do a trace route from your site to, you know, some, some other place, we'll, we'll continue with the New York City example, you may take kind of a circuitous route, right? You may go up north and, you know, go through Chicago. You may go kind of out, out east and, and go through Atlanta and right. up through, through, through Virginia to get there. But Sure. And, and know, something, these- to, something to be thinking about that, Michael, is that that path, each one of those hops, as we call it, right, yeah. um, they have inherent latency. And yeah. some of that latency is, is hardware driven, right? So if I go through a hop that has old hardware, it might not be as fast. Some of it is just specifically the speed of light. Yeah, so we, it is right. So in, in, current, in current technology, the way we transmit a lot of our data is with light. And there is a physical limitation about how fast light can travel. Correct. So what we need is we need like the warp drive for the, the internet <laughs> is what you're saying, right? We do. But yeah. so that's why that's why all these larger clouds are great and I, I promote them and I'm, I'm all, I'm all for them and where they, where their use is needed. Great. But place companies like venue and other, uh, what we call edge clouds have another place to fit. So we can be closer to you. We can give you your services and you get, we can give you your, your virtualization that you're looking for with a complete, scriptable platform around it that, you know, self-provisioning and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. And then when you need burst or you need to have access to some other type of application that is a hosted cloud platform, Salesforce or Office or any of those other platforms, we can provide a quick link to the closest physical hop for cloud. And then you roll out your services there. Yeah. So so go ahead, go ahead. The other important part there is it, you know, we, we've harped on latency a whole lot, but also like congestion, right? Um, 
pipes becoming saturated on the internet, if, if you're going to, you know, reach some type of, um, you know, application hosted on the internet or, 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 you know, some VMs that you have hosted in a cloud and, and, you know, there's, there's a provider having a bad day, you, you get impacted by that. And in this other scenario that, that we're, we're talking about right now with the edge data center, where the, the organization may have a, say a point to point, uh, to, to our data center, right. It's, it's dedicated to them and we're providing them this, this, um, you know, other point to point to this, this public cloud, they're, they're, like I said earlier, essentially shortcutting the internet and getting very low latency, dedicated internet that they're not having to worry about, oh, this is going to get stomped on by something else. No, you have your dedicated 100 meg, 500 meg gig, you know, whatever it may be directly to your resources. And and I think that that's really important. Yeah. So the moral of the story really is in, in, in present day cloud and, and even kind of moving into the future, right, is the idea of people who didn't have access or maybe didn't have a good experience getting to Amazon and these larger clouds. Now we can provide to them basically bringing the cloud back down to where they're you know, it's at their desk, right? And we can give well, them, I mean, we give the them the best of all worlds. The best right? We world, give yeah. them the best, the best of all worlds. So you can have the local computing that you want at your desktop. You're going to have the remote stuff at our data center, and you could have an even the more tertiary type stuff right. out in, in, in the larger, the larger platforms. You know, there's something that we, ha- that we don't talk about and this very rarely talked about, but when you go to cloud, AWS, Google, Amazon. There's actually questions you get asked, and it's where do you want to put this? And and yep. here's a here's an odd thing about that that people don't think about. There's actually a different cost for where you place your workloads, yep. and the reason for that is a lot of things. Connectivity is one of them. Some of it's actually just based on the cost of power. So how how much does it take to run a unit of of CPU in Louisiana versus say maybe Alaska, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you know uh, Central Europe or somewhere like that, right? All these things have different cost in the actual infrastructure, the physical infrastructure that supports those things. So when we start talking about these things, we want to get you as close as we can to the location that you need to have your systems running in for, for cost as, as well as for our latency and connectivity. Yep. And we see yep. that, we see that with like, like you were saying, the cost of power in Louisiana is relatively low. So that's why we have a lot of people that are, talk, you know, that will ask us about cryptocurrency mining or doing blockchain validation, right? And they're like, well, I want to run my, my, you know, my hardware in your data center, but I want to connect into Azure AWS or, um, you know, a cloud platform for doing some of the backend administration, right? So the, sure. com- the compute power is happening where the power is cheapest, but maybe some of the an- analysis is doing up in another cloud, right? And that's, sure. when we talk yeah. about edge, that's really a perfect example of that. Sure. All right, so let's talk about the future. <laughs> What's the future <laughs> of cloud, right? Um, I, mean, I, think, I think the answer <laughs> to that question is who knows, right? I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the cloud is continuing to expand so rapidly, you know, it's, it's what we're doing with cloud is kind of like what we were doing in the late 80s, early 90s when PCs yeah. were uh, were introduced, right? And so it's growing so quickly. Um, yeah. I, it's hard to imagine what won't 
be cloud enabled. Well, you have to also look at it like if you take your crystal ball up, I would say, Eric, Michael, we could look probably into the future, what, maybe five years and say, hey, in five years, this is what it's going to kind of look like. And I, I bet you we would probably be maybe even three to five years. I bet you we'd probably be pretty close, right? Because a lot of this stuff is built on incremental, slow incremental changes, right? It just happens. It happens fast, but it's little small incremental changes. But if you look at like what's hap- what will cloud look like or what will computing or technology look like in 10 years or 15 years, that is a much different question, right? And that, that becomes more cloudy to see really what the future looks like. And if that's, if that's you know, look at like cell phones, right? The, the, the modern day cell phone has more compute power than the Apollo lander, right? The, the rockets that took us to the moon. You know, what is that going to morph into? Right. Um, yeah, I think I think cloud will be everywhere, and 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 the term cloud will truly be better because you'll be having workloads that take advantage of everything. So you, we already see it kind of your thermostats, right? They're kind of they're in your house and they're 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 running right. You can touch them and change them, but you can also log into a cloud interface and manage them, right? Yeah, right. So so. It is a, is a continuing to evolve to the point where, you know, we would be silly to think that, you know, n- something would be not in the cloud, right. right? All anything that can be computed eventually will end up somewhere in the cloud. You may have a portion of it running on your phone, which, by the way, is partially partly cloud, or maybe on your laptop if we even still have laptops like we consider them today. Or plugged into your brain. Because that's or even plugged into your brain. You know, I know that's doing, it's one of those silly things to say, but I mean, eventually, that's probably going to be it. Yeah. Well, but at the same time, same time, large data centers will still be around, right? People like us yeah. will still edge competing will still be around because it's the 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 there's only like I said earlier, you cannot at this moment in life we cannot beat the speed of light, and yep. so we can yeah. only get we can only get you to and from your data so fast, so. Applications that need time-sensitive data, maybe tracking a car along a road, change, seeing the light change and knowing that the car has to stop, or maybe you know, making a bank transaction, um, all these kind of things need super fast, low latency access, right? Uh, so they need to be closer and closer to wherever the action's happening. Yeah. But maybe well, your email doesn't. I mean, I don't care <laughs> if my email takes two seconds to load, right? Yeah, it, or maybe, or maybe it takes ten seconds for me to receive somebody's email. But how would I even know that they sent it ten seconds earlier, right? I mean, it's irrelevant. Yeah, it, it's funny because you look at it like kind of where how we how old we are now, Eric. I can't really talk for Faisley because I think Faisley's the young person in the group. But basically, <laughs> we look at like you know what is it? So we're like in our forties, you know, maybe upper or or late forties. But when we look at what's going to happen when we're you know hopefully we're still around when we're eighty and ninety. What is the world going to look like when we're that old? You know, yeah, what is going to be that is going to be interesting. Freaky stuff to think about, right? What is cuz you know, technology is not going away. It's just going to be hyper accelerated as we move forward. What is the world going to look like? Like what are kids that are being born today who want to work in IT, what is their life going to be like? You know? That's yeah, so much it's different. different. It, it, it's going to be And I'll so tell you and I'll tell you what the answer is. We're all going back to token ring. <laughs> Token, right? Just joking. No. Just joking. Yeah, I mean, I think I think cloud is is going to continue to grow, William. And we can't we can't even predict what's going to happen. But uh, we can say that 
there's almost nothing that can be not virtualized. And so you'll just see more and more of it. And, and anything I can do on my phone, anything I can do, you know, at my desktop, you know, we used to say that, why would I get, I, I don't want to get this application on my phone because I can do it so much better on my, on my desktop. Well, now I could do almost do everything that I do on my desktop as well on my phone. Right. Yeah. So what's the future? What's going to happen after that? We, we have no idea of knowing, Maybe but it's we- going to be, data will be out in the world so that when you decide to travel to Paris for the day, you can still function as a human being working there in, in Paris and you'll still have quick ac- access to your data. Maybe one day we'll virtualize ourselves. I hope not. All right. Well, I hope not either, but that, you know, there is some, there are some cool things to think about. Right. But anyway, all right, guys, well, I think we need to wrap it up for today because we're right around that sweet spot of 45 minutes, which I think is, if you're still with us, thank you for still listening to the podcast and hearing us ramble on about cloud. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. Um, you know, a little bit of housekeeping. You can find us on the iTunes store. You can find us on TuneIn. You can find us on Stitcher Radio. And if you just go to HTTPS colon slash slash venue dot com slash podcasts with an S, you can see all of our podcasts, including some show notes and things like that. So uh, I think this has been a, a, an interesting. This is seven, number 74. Um, I think we're going to be doing another podcast. Let's try and get another one in. Uh, before the before the end of the month we'll we'll do one before the end of the month so we'll have another one out so anyway thanks everyone for listening and um, click the subscribe button and uh, like the podcast and all that kind of good stuff and we'll see you on the next one thank you take care